a penny for your thought together with Kate Denunzio and Lauren Ernst. Today, we are taking listener questions, and we are going to dive into how to make a transition from inside of a supply chain and moving into sales. How do you increase your authenticity and make sure that you get through the noise to help people connect with you so that you can make really good sales? Stay tuned. Here we go. Well, 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 we are back. Hey, Lauren, how's it going? Good. How are you, my friend? I am fantastic. Super stoked to um, be back here again. Uh, what's new? What's going on? Oh my gosh, all of the things, girl. I um, it's so interesting how serendipitous uh, situations can be, and obviously we're going to dive into this epic, epic question. Um, but I can relate so closely to this epic, epic question. I've started a new role. Um, in communications in a completely different industry. And uh, I I feel so energized, um, charged up, just feeling like I can have so much impact. And gosh, it's just a really, a really cool moment in my career. So I'm really excited to be here and, and talk through some of that stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, and, and I'm stoked. I, I love the fact that our listeners are already reaching out to us. We're two two episodes out. This is going to be like our mm. third one. And um, we've got this really great question. So let's let's go ahead and let's dive into this because I think it's a fantastic awesome. question. So the question yes. is, um, I've worked in supply chain for many years and recently moved into sales. I'm a pretty authentic person. And I know that a lot of times salespeople aren't always taken seriously or at value for their personality. What are some tactics to getting through the noise and showing my authenticity to build good relationships in my new network? That is, that's great. <laughs> so good. What a great question. So what a great good. question. And so th this oh. comes from uh, a listener of ours, uh, Veronica, over in uh, British Columbia. So mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about it. How do you break in? Because uh, this is a new industry. This is a new industry for for Veronica. Yes. She's been in supply chain for years. So yes. going from being inside of the supply chain to now being at the front end of the sales in a supply mm. chain. How do you build that mm -hmm. network? Yeah, Veronica, this is your superpower, girl. Like honestly, I think coming into an industry, an organization um, with fresh eyes, with so much mm. expertise mm -hmm. and so much context. Uh, talk about just a superpower that you can leverage in order to really act as a trusted advisor rather than your stereotypical salesperson. And hear, hear me out. I have such a fondness for the sales industry. They oftentimes will get a very, very bad reputation. They are often looked at through the lens of, you know, your old school snake oil salesperson <laughs> sort of yeah. vibe. And that's just not what the industry is. Sure. If you dig and find them, they still exist. Those dinosaurs are still out there. Um, but I think what's so amazing about sales now is a true sales professional is constantly curious, mm. constantly the trusted advisor, and really the conduit between a problem and a solution. And I think your personality sounds like 
the sales industry has needed you for a while, my friend. I am so excited that you've moved from one industry into another where you can perhaps learn and grow and be curious alongside of your prospects, but at the same time, offer up all of that incredible knowledge that you have from your past life and be able to really work together to figure out A, if this particular company, organization, individual is a good fit for what you're selling, but also B, go on this journey together. And because you've got the personality for it, I see this as all win. This isn't, you know, should be seen as a a struggle. I think you've got so many gifts to bring to the table. What about you? What do you think? Mm, yeah, you know, I love that. And and I'm the same way. Like, I have really great mm-hmm. relationships with a lot of folks who are in, in sales. And, you know, as you were kind of speaking there, mm-hmm. I was thinking about some of my favorite people who are, yeah. are in the sales industry. And w- what they do is it's very relationship driven, right? Like, it's yeah. it's about understanding the person, understanding the organization, and I think understanding the needs. And then, like mm-hmm. you said, you know, being the conduit between a problem and a solution to say, you know, what, what do you you need and how can I serve you? And I think that when when you've lived inside of a supply chain, like you understand how um, how it all kind of comes together and how it works and what you need to do in order to make a customer really happy and and the pressure that goes in there, right? Like and and I think that in sales where the pressure comes is when we have quotas and we have, you know, those thresholds to meet. And and that's mm-hmm. where, you you know, you start to see those those behaviors that might be a little less desirable is when you have people who can't connect or can't communicate or or really struggle in that way. And so I think if, if, if you're a connector and you're capable of forging relationships and being genuinely curious, but but caring about the response, that has mm-hmm. to be a part of it. Right. It's, you know like I do a lot of sales for, for the company. Right. And uh, like mm-hmm. a lot of sales and we've toyed, <laughs> we, we've toyed with um, bringing people in. We've had people who we put on commission based who were industry knowledgeable, who had a lot of capability, but they were not starters. Right. We've mm. hired people in to try and help build processes. And even that was uh, a flop. And it's like, I think that if you're passionate about what you do and you believe in it, what it is that you're selling, right? Whether it's a service or a product, it becomes very easy. Like I think of a couple of my 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 guys that I know in the tech space, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're trying to sell a tool like Salesforce or you're trying to sell a tool like SAP, mm-hmm. that is hard uphill walk, right? Yeah. Because those are those are multi-million dollar systems or you're trying to sell cloud services right those yep. are multi-million dollar services that are long-term roadmap commitments that organizations need to be willing to put their their fingerprints on and and put their 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 money behind it right and mm-hmm. not only that but the um the industry in terms of how much change you're forcing on an organization by introducing something like that, right? And those yeah. guys are some of the most authentic, kind, genuine people. And I have known a lot of them for over a decade. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
what's really cool is that we stay in contact even when they know that I have nothing to offer them. And that's <laughs> the key, right? I got yes, nothing for yes. you, bud. I, I, my, yep. my company of like eight people, we're not buying <laughs> Salesforce. You know what I'm saying? And, and yes. so it's like, you know, that authentic ability to connect with people, I think really is where it all comes down to it. And, you know, I think about it in terms of getting through the noise. So let's talk a little bit about that, because I think that when you think about senior leaders who are getting a lot of calls, I don't know about you, I get Mm -hmm. so many cold emails in my LinkedIn that don't resonate with me, um, that don't feel good. Uh, A lot of them I don't even respond to. But I can think of one particular person who um, he got through the noise and I didn't want his services. You know, I looked at them and they just didn't mesh with the vibe of our organization, right? To each their own. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But but when we got together, we clicked, we connected. This guy is a connector. I don't want what you're selling, but I sure do really appreciate <laughs> you as a person, right? So, uh-huh. so that's the other uh-huh. thing, right? So getting through the noise. How does someone get through the noise, right? Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it, again, is that is that curiosity. I think the longer and longer we go through life, our career, um, and we get better and better and better, and we're more and more equipped with the, the tools, you can oftentimes read a room, hear a conversation, and instantaneously believe that you know what that person needs, how they're feeling, and you respond accordingly. And this happens a ton in sales. And this reminds me so, so much about my enablement days when I was onboarding new sales folks. And, you know, a new salesperson goes through a week of onboarding and then suddenly they're on the phones and they're thinking like, I know absolutely nothing. I, I can ask or answer one question. And then if there's a let's double click on that and you ask me a follow up question, I got nothing for you. <laughs> and <laughs> and they're nervous and they ask the the person on the other end a lot of questions because they have to. And I think the longer and longer we go through our careers, especially in sales, that drops off, that falls away because you can you can tell instantaneously if someone's a good fit or not. And I I think to cut through the noise, one of the best tactics that we can really hold on to is that curiosity, asking why and asking why again or asking clarifying questions and being really curious about where a person is coming from, why they're why they see their business the way that they do, why they don't think that they need a particular product, why they feel like they do need a particular product, mm-hmm. and really starting to chip away at getting to that root cause as to why you're having that conversation in the first place, I think is a, a big thing. Um, and doing your research is another. I mean, the number of LinkedIn messages that I get about roles that I had five to 10 years ago, (laughs) referencing roles that I am in. Hey, looks like you're doing this over there. How's that coming along? And you kind of chuckle to yourself and think, bro, I I haven't been in that job in six years. Um, So I think really starting from that human connection. And again, this is another superpower that a sales executive can have around that personality, that curiosity and the idea that, you know, yes, you could 
think that salespeople aren't taken seriously, but I think that the moment that you reach out in a very authentic way, you have a hypothesis about how you could potentially help, you get really, really curious and you sell based on that relationship, that's when you win. It's it's not, you know, the old school, hey, come on down. I got this thing for you. It there's just there's so much personality involved in that exchange. I agree. And it you totally just reminded me of like the fact that every time someone knocked on my door, we had a new vacuum cleaner. And when I grew up, like my dad was like <laughs> I star vacuums. I think he actually had that vacuum cleaner. Like he got it when I was like nine and he had it. And that thing literally, it paid for itself probably 73 times in the, in the years he had it. Cause he had it up until like, I want to say like four years ago, like just b- bananas. Right. But you know, I, I, you, you said something there in terms of, you know, getting through the noise and, and being curious and having, having yeah. onboarded new people. And I think that mm-hmm. this is a really important thing to kind of touch on as well is recognizing where your own personal strengths and weaknesses are and where you are in your mm-hmm. competency, right? Like if you're new to sales, being able yeah. to understand what does and doesn't work, like reading industry best practices, but not going out with a script in mind, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. have an idea of what you want to talk about, but don't be like mm-hmm. reading from a paper. Like everybody's had that phone call. Hello, ma'am. I'm calling from Direct <laughs> Energy. Would you like to speak with me about like, no, I don't actually want to talk to you about anything because you're literally just reading from a script and I'm yes. I'm not unique. I'm not special. And I think that that's right. a piece of it is how are you making me feel unique and special? So I go back to that guy who mm-hmm. was selling me a service that I didn't want because it didn't meet my yeah. cultural norm of what my my organization mm-hmm. wanted to represent. And, mm-hmm. you know, that individual was just so self-confident in who he was that it mm-hmm. compelled me to want to spend a 45-minute coffee chat with him on the phone, even though I did, I knew going in that I was going to say, no, I'm yeah. not interested. And and yeah, mm-hmm. that might be a waste of his time. But at the same time, he's the one who, who contacted me. I did my research. I came in. I have to have the hard conversation with him. It's not him having the hard conversation with me. Right. Yes. And so, yes. you know, there, there, there's something out there, the conscious competence model and the conscious competence <laughs> model speaks to the fact that we are all unconsciously incompetent until somebody gives Mm -hmm. us knowledge that we're incompetent. And so I I don't say that with any disrespect, but like you think Mm -hmm. about it, you go from I'm inside of the supply chain to now I'm stimulating the supply chain and I've never been here before. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I now know what I don't know. Right. And so you go and you do like, I don't know, some Dale Carnegie stuff. You go and you learn some practices, you read some books. And then all of a sudden you come out with this very scientific approach of how other people have approached their 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 circumstances or their sales tactics. And so you start doing things and you start scripting and parroting and it's inauthentic and it strips away who you are as a person. And it makes you really scientific. And that is just like, hi, would you like to get my SEO services? No, I sure wouldn't. Right. And it's because, you know, you're, you're, you're behaving in a way that is not you. Right. And so Mm -hmm. even if you're curious, but you're applying somebody else's tactics in a way that's inauthentic, that feels uncomfortable to you. Yeah. You're going to know it, right? Like, and there's a very fine line between being comfortable, being uncomfortable, doing something new that is not part of something you've done and doing mm-hmm. something that is uncomfortable because it's not natural to you, right? And yeah. authenticity inside of sales, I think, is one of the most powerful things that 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 you have. 
That said, you must pair it with good research. Don't call people who you know don't want your services or would never use mm. them. Like if you're just going to pick up the phone and you're going to go through the phone book, those still exist. Right? Yeah. Phone books still exist. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to dial up on Canada 411, um, you know, and, and you, you pull those things together. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be targeted, right? So the, the, the sales yeah. isn't, the sales call isn't just a, the phone call and picking up the phone, but it's understanding who the stakeholder is and what their pain points are, what their needs are, what the gaps might be. You know, like a lot of times we have, mm-hmm. we have this thing in the firm called the no asking, no getty. I am notoriously ballsy when it comes to sending cold emails to organizations yeah. that I can visibly see look yeah. like they need our services. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll one of the stories that I really like was um, the Oscars. So in in like 2014, um, the Oscars were going through an enormous amount of change. That was the year that Ellen DeGeneres hosted the first time. And so Mm -hmm. she was on there and she did her whole like, you know, pizza ordering and whatever. And so I was like, this is so monumental, right? Like, this is different. So I did a little bit of research on on the actual institution of the Oscars and came to discover that they had a very large population that was an aging senior Caucasian group of men. And the rest Mm -hmm. were kind of everybody else. And I thought to myself, well, that's a lot of change for them to be going through to have, you know, the first queer individual hosting. We're seeing all of these different tides changing in terms of what the Academy is and isn't uh, acknowledging. We're seeing a lot of movement in terms of our diversity and things of that nature. And so I took the time, I did some research on the Academy itself, and I emailed the chairman of the board directly. I found him. <laughs> I'm very good at finding Of course you did. Of course so I emailed did. him. And I said to him, I said, John. I said, uh, you're going through a high degree of change right now. And I think that if you don't look at it through the lens of how to manage it and and really help your membership come along with it, you're going to really find yourself in a position where you're struggling and there's going to be a backlash and it's not going to be good. Of course, Mm -hmm. crickets, right? I mean, I would say probably 90% of these emails do not get responded to. So, I, I, you know, it's fine. So fast forward a couple of years. We're now in, I think, I want to say 2017, early 2018. We have Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith who are boycotting the Oscars because there's not enough, um, you know, diversity inside of it. We had the Me Too movement that took place. We had, um, I want to say, there was an African-American gentleman who'd been asked to um, host Kevin Hart. And he said, no, he wouldn't host it because of the fact that they didn't have enough diversity and things like this. So I go back into my email and I forward that email from 2014 back to the chairman of the board. And I said to him, John, I told you that this stuff was going to happen. I really think Mm -hmm. we should get together. If you want to get together, I'll fly to LA. I'll take you for lunch. We can talk about how we can mitigate all of these different types of things to continue (laughs) to allow the Academy to serve the members. (laughs) He responded to me <laughs> and he goes, thank you for your email. I demurely decline. <laughs> that was the kindest middle finger I've ever received in sales. Oh, amazing. And then, and then the outlook and like how, what is followed has been pretty fascinating too. Fantastically fascinating. And, you know, I mean, I'm, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's it's understanding your your stakeholders, it's understanding their needs, and it's also understanding that you're going to be rejected. People are going to say no to you, and it's okay that they're saying no to you. That doesn't mean that they're going to say no forever, 
Mm-hmm. What a good call. Yes. And it's interesting too, depending, you know, Veronica, looking at whatever organization you are now selling for, um, become BFFs with your marketing department because oftentimes your marketing department in particular, your product marketing department will have assets, information, and personas that they can share with you that will break down sort of who key decision makers are out in the wild, who oftentimes you'll be speaking to, and what types of concerns, problems they might face. And then from there, you can start to build a little bit of a talk track around what that might look and feel like. Um, so I would I would recommend that too, um, or take to the internet and do some searching mm-hmm, based on those mm-hmm. personas yourself. If your organization doesn't have those types of individuals working on content like that, um, I think uh, honestly the biggest sort of game changing moment for me was when I discovered. Uh, A gentleman named Jocko Willink, uh, who is hugely popular and successful now, ex-military Navy SEAL, who has now sort of converted a lot of his learnings from the battlefield into business and leadership. And the one word that he uses in difficult situations, primarily when he was at war, like in the thick of Ramadi back in 1999-2000, one word that now applies to everything in his life, good. And I think this mentality of you've changed industries, you're now in sales, and people underestimate you, good. This is your opportunity that you can sharpen that saw, learn, get curious, and prove them all wrong. Because I think it's people that truly show up as humans, um, that care deeply about what they do, that are hugely successful. And every salesperson that I know that follows that mentality of, I just want to make your world a little bit better and help you in whatever way that I can, those are the folks that thrive. So A, look up Jocko Willink. He is, he's a pretty rad dude. Um, but that, that mindset of, you know, when a difficult situation comes along, changing your mindset and just saying that word in your head, you got injured at the gym. Good. Now you can focus on your cardio. Now you can focus on, you, you've rolled your ankle. Good. Now you can focus on upper body. You hurt your shoulder. Good. Now you can't skip leg day. Stop it. Start, start squatting. <laughs> You're underestimated in your job. Good. Put your head down, do some learning, um, build out your, your personas and go to work. Amazing. Amazing. Well, you know, I, I don't think that there's much more to say other than that. Good. And, um, Good. you know, you know, Veronica, we want to thank you for taking the time to send your question in. We realize that it's 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 hard to ask for help sometimes, but we're really happy that you did. And we hope that today's uh, pod has helped not only you, but others as they start to go through some transition or to improve their sales or their networking capabilities to um, strengthen those relationships out in their world. 
So good to spend some time with you, Lauren. Thank you. Always a pleasure. And honestly, Veronica, congratulations. Thank you for reaching out. Um, We're really proud of you. And we would love for you to circle back with us and let us know if any of this has helped you and how you're putting it into action. So yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Absolutely. Likewise. And uh, mm-hmm. other listeners, please feel free to continue to drop your questions to Lauren and I. We're always happy to hear from you and uh, share some wisdom and knowledge of our travels around the sun. All right. <laughs> well, I hope you have a fantastic day today and a great weekend. And uh, let's call it a day. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon. You betcha. And as usual, if there's anything you'd like to see us feature, anybody you'd like to see us talk about or talk to, reach out. A call doesn't cost a thing. 